Hi, my name's Madalena Kay, and I'm the host of the podcast AI and You, produced by Europod in partnership with Podium Podcast, Agence France Press, and Cora Media. In AI and You, we deal with the history of AI and how it is having an impact on our lives. From social relationships to employment, from climate change to wars and security. Is AI changing our world for the better or the worse? Come and check it out for yourself. Subscribe to AI and You wherever you listen to podcasts. Europod. Located in Southeast Asia, between the Indian and Pacific Oceans, Indonesian tropical rainforests are home to over 1,600 bird species and 500 mammal species, including Sumatran tigers, pygmy elephants, rhinoceros, and orangutans. But beyond its rich biodiversity, Indonesia's rainforests are also a key regulator of the Earth's climate. Yet, this land suffers the most dangerous threat to life known worldwide, human activity. In fact, over the past 25 years, fires have been used to clear these lands, causing the deforestation of almost a quarter of Indonesian forests and driving its greenhouse gas emissions among the world's highest. This has been done mainly to supply Global North companies and countries with raw materials. More specifically, with natural rubber. Natural rubber is used for car tires, the one we use to drive every day on the roads of European cities. However, in recent years, as climate change made the headlines, governments around the world, international institutions, NGOs and private companies have been forced to act to protect the environment. And so, safeguarding a biodiversity hotspot like Indonesia and more specifically its rainforests has become a mission for all. Yet, not all environmentally friendly actions come for the better. And behind sustainability labels, harmful practices are still being greenwashed. An investigation by Stefano Valentino for Vox Europe lifted the veil on a vast greenwashing operation in Indonesia linked to Michelin, the world's biggest tire manufacturer. Today, on Europe Talks Back, how European private investors have backed up the deforestation of rainforests in Indonesia, the Michelin case. Right now, greenwashing is an escalating problem caused by a positive development, the growing consumer demand for sustainable goods. Are companies like Michelin really going green? Or are they just selling us the idea of green practices while ignoring sustainability? These are two questions Maria Soxpo, a journalist and green influencer, tried to answer in the TED Talk you have just listened to. And it is also what Stefano Valentino, an Italian investigative journalist based in Brussels, thought when he started investigating the Michelin case for Vox Europe. So Michelin is, as everybody knows, the world's largest tire manufacturing company. This is Stefano Valentino speaking. And uh, like any other company nowadays, Michelin wanted to go green, showing uh, the green dimension of a company. Now it's very important for companies to acquire new customers. The story Valentino uncovered for Vox Europe and is about to share with us, unfolds over almost a decade. And so, bringing the full picture implies traveling back in time to different years of the past decade. Let's start from 2014, when Michelin 
had the idea to set up a joint venture in Indonesia with a company called Badito Pacific. Natural rubber is a unique renewable resource that remains an essential ingredient in tires. As one of the world's largest buyers of natural rubber, Michelin is fully committed to sustainable and responsible management of this raw material. That was one of the commercials linked to the joint venture between Michelin and Barito Pacific. And let's be honest, it just sounds great. So what was the joint venture between Michelin and Barito Pacific all about? Michelin wanted to uh, set up a natural rubber planting operation to produce so-called ecological tires through replacing synthetic rubber in the tires with a share of biological rubber. Biological rubber is uh, the rubber which is harvested from uh, rubber trees. So um, Michelin set up this partnership through acquiring 49% in a shareholding of Barito Pacific. So the company Michelin acquires 49% of shares in Royal Lestario Tama, or RLU. 51% remained in the hands of Barito Pacific. The idea of the joint venture was, through Royal Lestari Otama, to plant natural rubber trees in Indonesia to reforest areas devastated by illegal logging. Next up, another extract from the same Michelin commercial you listened to earlier. Speaking, Hervé de Guin from the Public Affairs Department of Michelin. My first impression was a lot of anger and sadness when I saw a completely devastated landscape with forests burning everywhere, dead animals, and at the same time, a feeling of urgency, the desire to do something, to react, to change things. I told myself we had an enormous challenge ahead of us. Where was the planting to take place? And what was the expected role of Michelin in all of this, concretely? So the rubber planting operation were developed in the concessions that uh, Barito Pacific had in uh, two islands in uh, Indonesia. One in Sumatra Island, in the province of Jambi, which is in the heartland of Indonesia. And the other concession was in the island of Borneo, Kalimantan. Michelin committed to buy 75% of the rubber harvested in these plantations that, through its own supply chain, would be transported to its tire manufacturing sites to produce tires which are sold worldwide. And of course, they are incorporated in the cars of all consumers around the world. And the remaining share of the production will be sold on the free market in order to make the project sustainable in the long term. At this stage, you might wonder, what's the matter in all of this? Well, for one... Barito Pacific is one of the largest agri-community producer in uh, Indonesia, and it has a track record of uh, environmentally unfriendly activities, deforestation, so it was not really an innocent company. Crucially, Michelin knew about it. But not only that, as we will see. But before we dig into this, we need to talk a little more about how the joint venture between Michelin and Barito Pacific went on. And most importantly, how it became a project connecting Indonesia and Western institutions, and more specifically, European savings. So what we know until now is that in 2015, the French giant Michelin and the Indonesian commodity producer Barito Pacific entered a joint venture through Royal Lestari Utama to produce natural rubber in two regions of the country affected by deforestation in the past, 
namely Jambi and Kalimantan. We're talking about 90,000 hectares. This is an area bigger than Singapore, the equivalent of the Paris inner ring. There was a great insecurity on a social level, people living in unsanitary conditions and a complete disaster for flora and fauna, a burnt-out landscape close to chaos. This was yet another extract from the very same Michelin commercial. But this time the voice you heard is from Eric Veillet who between 2016 and 2019 served as CEO of Royal Estadiutama. So it's implicit from Vaya's words that the project was going to be good, not only in terms of biodiversity, but also for the local people living there. With these two noble objectives, others supported them. This project was endorsed by the government of Indonesia. So Michelin had all the political, economic support to develop this project. But then something unexpected happened. When I served the partnership, they hoped to uh, generate profits. But then after a few months, there was a downward trend of the rubber market prices. And so uh, they decided that uh, it would be no longer profitable to uh, sustain financially the operation just by their own money. And so they started looking for uh, additional uh, funding. Luckily enough for Michelin, in October 2016, a golden opportunity to bail out Royal Estadi Utama's natural rubber plantation project appeared. It came under the name of the Tropical Landscapes Financial Facility, or TLFF. Combining the capabilities of banks, governments and agribusinesses through blended finance instruments is key to transforming the way we finance sustainable land use. The world's first landscapes bond, issued by the Tropical Landscapes Finance Facility and developed by BNP Paribas and ADM Capital, is financing a sustainable natural rubber plantation on degraded land in Indonesia. So here it is. Europe's second largest bank, BNP Paribas, and ADM Capital, a private credit provider in Asia-Pacific, co-founded the Tropical Landscapes Finance Facility. And it was this platform that ended up issuing green bonds on behalf of Michelin to cover the costs incurred into by Royal Estadio Tama, the joint venture with Barito Pacific. TLFF, it's a money lending platform which was actually founded by a former UN officer responsible for uh, the UN program for reforestation. He decided to found this platform which had the goal to... Uh, fund sustainable projects, corporate sustainable projects, which were in line with the sustainable development goals and with the Paris Climate Agreement. He got on board the BNP Paribas, which is the Europe's second largest bank in terms of managed asset. So basically it's a UN-sponsored operation. And BNP Paribas had a role as a broker to market the financial operation of this platform. So, in 2016, right after the drop in market prices for rubber, Michelin approached the Tropical Landscape Finance Facility. The idea being to be able to issue green bonds to finance the Royal Estadi Utama joint venture with Barito Pacific. Green bonds are called green because they are certified as green. And so they need to wrap up this operation in a kind of uh, environmental envelope. So they had to resort to an agency to have these bonds certified as green before launching them, before issuing them on the market. According to Valentino's inquiries, when Michelin and Barito Pacific needed money, the TLFF was willing to find it for them. And it did achieve, for an overall value of almost 100 million US dollars. 
So the value was 95 million USD. The transaction was launched in February 2018. It was completed in March 2018. The reason why they were able to raise so much money from investors is that they had another player in the operation, which was USAID, which is the US Development Agency, which provided a guarantee on uh, those green bonds. And that actually helped to attract large, wealthy institutional investors, which are precisely looking for long-term investment, which provide, of course, uh, higher uh, returns on the long term. So, once again, due to a drop in market prices for rubber, Michelin and Barito Pacific found themselves in need of money to be able to support their joint venture and project Royal Estadio Utama. So they approached the Tropical Landscapes Financial Facility, which is backed by BMP Paribas and ADM Capital, to be able to issue green bonds. It was BMP Paribas' role to market the green bonds, and this happened successfully between February and March 2018. Yet, who were the buyers of these bonds? Who invested in the Royal Estadio Tama joint venture? We know that two investment funds purchased green bonds. One is based in the Netherlands, it's called End Green. End Green purchased green bonds for uh, 23 million US dollars. There was another impact fund called Blue Earth, which uh, purchased uh, around 7 or 8 million. And then BMP Paribas, of course, managed to sell some green bonds through its network to unknown investors. As a matter of fact, one could say that, at this point in time, Michelin's activity and project looked quite green indeed. Meaning, money flew in from investors to produce natural rubber without clearing Indonesian rainforests and to set aside part of the concession for the natural regeneration of deforested areas. Moreover, the operation intended to be good for local farmers, who would be employed in the rubber plantation to avoid them feeling the need to clear the forest to make a living. And on top, those new rubber trees would have absorbed carbon, and therefore they would have contributed to reducing carbon emissions and the fight against climate change. So, why have we been calling this a greenwashing operation all along? Okay, so uh, now basically the happy ending is that the investors got their returns. Maybe they have the environmental consciousness. They feel uh, environmentally uh, good because they contributed to this project, which, according to what they know, contributed to uh, preserve the forest, to employ local farmers, and also to generate uh, carbon sequestration. Because this was actually the only information which was provided in the public information about the project. But there's always a but. What they don't know is that the project didn't start right after the issuance of the green bonds, uh, not even after the joint venture between Barito Pacific and Michelin started in 2010. As mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, to understand why this is a story about greenwashing, one needs to move backwards in time, rewind recent history, step after step. And so, at this very moment in our storytelling, as Valentino explains, we need to move back until 2009, 2010. Because it's in those years that the allegedly green investment or green joint venture between Michelin and Barito Pacific actually started. And it is only by traveling back to those years that we can understand how, in fact, all the green is tainted black. In 2010, a subsidiary of uh, Royal Estariotama, which is the tree planting company where Michelin and Barito Pacific were shareholders, 
got a concession from uh, the government to clear forest and uh, plant agribusiness commodities, including rubber trees, in the concession. So, what Valentino is saying here is that in the years before the official start of the Green Joint Venture, a subsidiary of Royal Estadio Tama, so the very same company Michelin invested in, had been the executor of a vast deforestation activity. And guess what? This deforestation activity took place in the very same areas where Michelin and Barito Pacific, again through Royal Estadio Tama, would then claim to be willing to plant and produce natural rubber for the betterment of local communities and the environment. All of this took place precisely in the concessions of Barito Pacific, mostly in Sumatra. The forest clearing operation started in 2010 and they ended just a few weeks before Michelin signed its partnership with Barito Pacific in December 2014. How we know that the forest clearing operation ended uh, right a few weeks before the partnership was signed is because we got hold of uh, an audit report which was commissioned by Michelin and to the consultancy TFT, which now turned its name into Earthworm. In case you wonder if you understood this correctly, yes, it is Michelin itself who commissioned a report to a consultancy to check what happened on the land before setting up the joint venture with Barito Pacific in 2014. We'll come back to this in the next episode. But meanwhile... This consultancy deployed its auditors on the field in November together with Michelin in the concession owned by the subsidiary Barito Pacific in Sumatra. And the auditors saw with their own eyes uh, bulldozer excavators destroying the forest, cutting the trees right on the border of the Bukit Tigapulu National Park. So just to give you a bit of context here, the Bukti Tigapulu National Park is a 143,223 hectare national park in eastern Sumatra, consisting primarily of tropical lowland forest, largely in the Riau province, with a smaller part of 33,000 hectare in the Jambi province. It is famous as one of the last refuges of endangered species, such as the Sumatran orangutan, the Sumatran tiger, the Sumatran elephant, an Asian tapir, as well as many endangered bird species. We asked Valentino what the scale of the deforestation run by Royal Estadio Tama's subsidiaries was. So we got uh, different documents which provide uh, different figures. There is the latest environmental report about the state of conservation of forest in the concession in uh, Sumatra. Using government data, so official data, say that between 2009 and 2014, the subsidiary of Barito Pacific converted almost 6,000 hectares from forest to rubber plantation. So Michelin Barito Pacific pretend in their official communication that the project started just when they signed up their partnership. So basically the partnership is the year zero of the project. Like if actually they started planting the rubber trees right after they signed the partnership. And they started actually looking for finance only when they decided to issue the green bonds. But actually, this is not true. The tree planting operation started well before Michelin Barito Pacific signed the partnership, as I said, in 2010, when the forest clearing happened. 
So the forest clipping happened, and then right afterward, the rubber trees were planted. So they were going in a parallel. In the next episode, we'll talk to Stefano Valentino to better understand how exactly it was possible for Michelin and Barito Pacific to obtain huge financial resources, notwithstanding former activities run by Royal Estadio Tamas subsidiaries led to the destruction of biodiversity in the company's concessions in Indonesia. This is a special two-episode series dedicated to Vox Europe's investigation investigating green finance made in Europe. The authors of the investigation are Stefano Valentino and Emanuela Barbiroglio. The producer of this episode of Europe Talks Back is me, Alexander Damiano Ricci. Sound design is by Jeremy Bocquet. Script writing by myself and Maria Dios.